The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Everybody, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. My name is Marcus Parks. And I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Oh, yeah. And congratulations on the Kickstarter Man, funding for Man, thank you Fest. to everybody. It's fucking great. Yeah. Man, we are working our asses off for this fucking thing, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm it, really excited. It's going to be fucking awesome. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. What? Scary. <laughs> well, speaking of exciting things, I was one thing we want to talk about, significant others and jobs. Yeah. And your boy just uh, got a new job. He did. Um, he, he worked for the Humane Society for a really long time, and he helps a lot of people. He helps... Homeless people, he helped people with low income be able to help their animals, and and he liked that aspect of it, but he decided to go to like a hoity-toity Upper West Side <sighs> vet place. Um, he got a raise, and he went there, and it was just such, I think what put him over the edge... And because he really missed helping people as opposed to people that have so much money that like their assistants bring their five dogs in. <sighs> and this woman called and was like, so I want to bring my dog out to the Hamptons, but I need like a chauffeur for the dog because we take the chopper and the dog loves the chopper. But, you know, if the dog has to stop, it's an extra few thousand dollars just to land. And, you know, we don't know if we can land if the dog has to go to the bathroom. So we're looking if you guys could find a chauffeur for the dog, take him to the Hamptons. And Doug was just like... Oh my God! What are the people? <laughs> what? Not that they don't deserve help too, but like they know, they kind of don't. I they just it's like <laughs> that's what you're calling about as opposed to like all the people that he helped and he was so miserable there. Yeah, he was. And um, like a fucking man, he walked into the last job because they had offered when he left. They were like, "If you ever want your job back, we will give you your job back. Please don't mm. leave." But he decided to try something new anyway. And I think it takes a lot of courage. For someone to accept that sometimes the grass isn't always greener. Sometimes shit doesn't work out. Yeah, and and he, I guess he's dealing with the concept of the fact that he feels like a failure, too, that he no. gave up on this job. And, all, and I was like, I am so proud of you. Yeah. That you, and now only, he got his old job back. They're giving him a raise. They're giving him a higher position. They're, I was like, you needed to do this. Sometimes you need change to understand yourself. I don't oh. know if that's the way to say it, but of course. And then sometimes you also need to have some change to let the people know where you work, how much they really appreciate you. Exactly. Yeah. And that- he's such a great worker and and then he went from feeling a, like a failure to being so happy. Yeah. And he's been so miserable for months about the job and he's pretty good at not taking it out on me. He's not really that he tries to not bring it home, but you can feel when a significant other or even a friend is really unhappy with their day job. Oh, of course. It's so important. It can affect you so fucking hard. And it's palpable. It, it's, it, it affected me every day when he got home from work, and I didn't want to see him like that, but also the only person that can change your status is yourself. Mm-hmm. And he did it, and I'm really proud of him. And ever since it's just been a few days, I feel like a whole weight has lifted from the house. It's made me happier. It's made him happier. And it really does, it's insane how much your day job affects other people. 
Oh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I uh, during uh, the times here when, uh, or just not just here, but just anywhere, it, when I've been in unhappy jobs, uh, just actual absolute shit jobs, I would go home to whoever it was that I was dating at the time, and I'd be a miserable son of a bitch. And here, when I'm having problems, I go home. I have a real hard time not taking my work home with me. And I think most people do. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, of course, there's not a whole lot you can do about your position. Uh, sometimes. I think a lot of times there is something you can do about your position. Uh, and sometimes you have to swallow your pride or you have to nut up and figure out that sometimes you're going to have to do something scary in order to further your position, to make your position better, like Doug did. Like Doug had was able to swallow that pride and to go back into his old job and say, hey, listen, it didn't work out. I was much happier here. This is a much better place to work. Can I please have my job back? And also it shows what kind of worker you are when you can go into an establishment like that. And they were like, yes, <laughs> please, we don't even have any money and we're going to give you a raise. We're going to figure out a way to get you a raise. Yeah. You know, and... But that's what it means to have a good work ethic. But when you do take your work home with you and things like that, it's sometimes it's because you just care too damn much. Yeah. And that's great because it gives you, I feel that work ethic is something that is, is not something that is really pushed in our generation as no. hard anymore. And I was raised with a very strong work ethic to a point of fault. <laughs> I definitely have the same issues of getting so wrapped up in my work and I've also felt a lot happier lately because for the first time in my life I have been demoted at work nice which is <laughs> I cried for a really long time but yeah. basically my boss was like this isn't your dream yeah. you have a dream that you're working so hard towards and I hate to watch you miss auditions and miss shows because of this job mm. and so she relinquished me of all of the insane shit I had to do that I just didn't have time for. You've been doing this managerial position for how long? A year? Two for, years? Yeah, two years. That it's just to have that kind of insane job and then also have a full-time job that you don't get paid for outside of work. It was making me miserable. And now I just go to work and I do my work and then I leave. Oh. Great. And it's insane. Yeah, I remember when you first got that job and you're like, yeah, you know, I got uh, promoted a manager. I just thought, all right. All right, yeah. <laughs> and I did it. I did it for about two years. Yeah. And I mean, demotion for me, I, I really did. Took it pretty hard. Yeah. She didn't use the word demotion. And of course, I branded it as such. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What's the most negative way I can possibly think of this? <laughs> Let me think. Ah, uh, demotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed got, to someone that believes in me and believes in what I'm doing and giving me the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Instead, you thought, oh, I just got piece of shitted. Yeah. I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm bad at my job. I'm bad at it. <laughs> The, Daddy will never <laughs> love me now. It's really hard to deal with that, especially when, you know, I definitely overwork to a fault. Yeah, you do. But now, a month out of this, I feel so much better. Yeah, and you're only working four days a week now? Yeah, and it's great. Uh, and it's finally just a job that yeah. I do. Yeah. And that's great. And it's a job that you enjoy as well. Yeah. It's and a day I job cry. that you enjoy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't cry at work. It's not like when I was a nanny when I cried every single day. Yeah. And there's no more stress cries in the bathroom anymore, I'd imagine. No. 
I don't stress cry at all. That's great. It's great. I mean, for other things. I definitely uh, stress cry a lot in other ways. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, th- that's just going to be a normal part of your life for the rest of your life. <laughs> that's, that's just something, you know, everybody deals with stress in a, in a different way. And if it doesn't adversely affect your life, then there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes you got to cry it out. Sometimes you just have to cry it out. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And now I, I, I think that sometimes just... Getting the balls to do what you need to do at your job will just make you happier overall. And it's hard when it's not your dream job. But a lot of people don't have their dream jobs. You have to pay the bills. You have to be an adult and have a job Yeah. (laughs) so that you can pay the bills. I do know people that are 30 years old that still don't have a constant job. Yeah. And they're constantly worrying about it. It's like, yeah, we all work in the like comedy field. Yeah, we're doing all these other things. But you have to have a job. Yeah. How are you going to pay for everything? I mean, people that mooch off of everything. I. Not only is it a stress on you, but it's a stress on everyone else where I know that like, oh, I have to eat half of my meal because you're staring at me and I know that you want the other half. (laughs) Actually, it's a great diet plan overall. (laughs) (laughs) Same with buying drinks where it's like, oh, can you get me one? Yeah, I can, but. (sighs) I guess. I guess I get one. (laughs) Sure. Always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. I don't know. I think most most of us do have jobs and most of us have uh, found work and most of us do work our asses off in both our uh, our comedy and in our regular day jobs. I think most of us do. Not all of us, but most of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be self-propelled to get anywhere in life. Yeah. And as far as uh, bringing your work home and not being, uh, I guess, happy with your day job, I think you can still be happy in your day job but still bring stress home from work. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I do that. I, you know, well, I've been getting a lot better about not doing it because I fucking love my job so much. Uh, but I will sometimes, it can be very stressful at times and I can't work very long hours. Uh, but I was really bad about bringing my stress home and then coming home and just talking about it all the time. And then my girlfriend was eventually like, listen, you can't do that. Like you can't bring the outside world into our home. You know, once you're home, you're home. All the rest of the shit, leave that outside, leave it at work because you bringing all this stress home is stressing me out. Uh, which I was like, all right, great, working on it. And then recently she just got promoted to full, like not just Matt, like not just like as store, like staff manager, but like full store manager. Like she has 100% total control over the store, like scheduling and, you know, pay and like everything. She is running a business now. Uh, and so when she started doing that, even though she loves her job, coming home, bringing the stress home, 70 to 80% of our conversations were about, you know, her job and the tables were completely turned. And then last night I finally, like we were talking about something, I finally had to say like, hey, listen, you're talking about work a lot. It's like 80% of our conversations are about what's going on at work, you know, coffee, which I know nothing about, uh, people that I don't know. You know, it's just talk talking about that shit all the time. And she immediately said, she goes, I'm sorry. She goes, I know I'm well aware of it. I know I'm sorry. I'm going to stop doing it less. And so last night, like after that, we just fucking hung out all night long, just kind of fucking around, having a good time. Uh, And it was fucking great. It was back to 
pre-managerial times. And I think that's something important for a lot of people in relationships, specifically people that you're living with, to keep that shit outside, to and leave that shit at work. That it's, it, whether it's a friend or a significant other, it's okay to say it out loud that like, hey, why don't you cool, uh, you know, like, like we a, don't have to talk. Yeah, yeah, I, was, yeah. <laughs> I had a friend, I was talking about work because Doug has said that to me before. So instead I turned to one of my friends and was <laughs> bitching about work to him. And in the middle of me saying a story, he just went, boring. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. This is boring. Now a significant other can't really do that or else, I mean, I would fucking flip out. <laughs> but yeah. a friend, I was just like, you're right. Yeah. This is boring. I'm sorry. Yeah. I will not talk about this anymore. Yeah. I mean, and uh, the need to vent is very strong. You know, you need to be able uh, to vent to somebody uh, about the shit that's stressing you out. But you have to almost put a time limit on it. Where it's like, all right. So for five minutes, you can say as much as you, you can fucking bitch and moan and talk about all the shit that's stressing you out at work and all the people that are fucking driving you crazy. Five minutes. You get that. Then after that, we're going to talk about funk music or some shit like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the new song that you're working on. We're going to talk anything about else. anything else. We're going to talk about fucking Game of Thrones, which was, ah, oh, was I didn't see it this week. Oh, oh God. It's so, I mean, I know what's going to happen. It's, oh, it's so fucking brutal. Uh, it is the most, it. I would say it's not just one of the most brutal things I've seen on TV, but one of the most brutal things I've seen Ever. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> but yeah, talk about that. Talk about shit. that. Yeah, talk <laughs> about that. Talk about fun stuff, you know, or talk about interesting stuff, you know, things like that. Like that, that is the key to, or one of the keys to a successful relationship. Well, I find something interesting is that uh, the other couple, I, I live with my boyfriend, my boyfriend's brother and his girlfriend, and I overheard, they work together. So they live together, they work together, they go to work together, they come home together. I can't even imagine that. And I heard them screaming at each other yesterday about work things Wow! at each other. And I was just like, of all the times that I've bitched about stuff, I am just really happy that my significant other is not involved in what I'm upset about at work. Yeah. I am really happy about that. A lot of people get, and usually they're really fine about it, but I can only imagine every once in a while that if you guys are working together that they're going to do something that you're like, oh, this wasn't about work. This was about higher things. <laughs> it, it's the same with working with friends. Yeah, I've gotten into screaming matches. I used to work with three of my best friends at the job I currently have, and we would get into heinous fights about things that <laughs> happened at work. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad me and you never did that when we No, we, we did it. We were no. great. Yeah, we were awesome because I was a dishwasher. You were a dishwasher. Nothing I did mattered. No. And nothing that anyone else did mattered. Didn't what, matter. No matter what anyone did, there was still going to be fucking pie scum to scrape off Just of the fucking shit to sheets. do. You know, there's always shit to do. It was always going to be there. But, you know, I think uh, when talking about things to, to, or when you're at home with your significant other, I think... One of the most important things to remember in a conversation, and this may, be not even be, uh, may not even be a significant other thing, we're also a friend thing, is the key to a good conversation is collaboration. You know, when both of you can add something to it. If you're just talking at someone or if someone's talking at you all the time about something that you could give less of a shit about, then 
you're not collaborating. You know, if you you can you can tell if you're talking to somebody about something and they just don't care. Oh yeah, you, know, you can tell. You know, most people can tell. I think not everybody can tell, but most people can tell when the other person is just checked out. Although every once in a while, you can be talking to a significant other and they try to offer. Uh, solutions to the problem when you're not asking for solutions to the problem <laughs> and that also kind of drives me I'm like I'm and he's like then why are you talking to me about it see now that's your fault I know it's my fault <laughs> I understand that it's my fault but everybody does that because I don't want your opinion yeah. I just want to bitch but if you had that five minute window yes. when you get home of like okay then I'm gonna bitch about this for five minutes you just stand there and listen to me, yeah. and then we're done. That's fine. That's so, <laughs> that is totally fine. That I think that is a fucking great compromise. But remember, if you if you're just talking at your significant other, then you're not collaborating, right? And, and you're not working together. Then you can't anything. be upset when they get the glazed over look in their eyes yeah. because you would be the same way. Yeah, you'd be the exact same way. So just just remember that. That's a nice little tip for you. So let's get into the letters for today. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we're going to start with this girl. What's her name? Dino the Dinosaur. <laughs> I do a lot of alliteration. Yes, I love oh, it, consonants? too. Consonants? Uh, it's alliteration. Alliteration. Dino the Dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be alliteration. I do love it. All right, says, hi, Marcus and Jackie. Thanks for everything you do with the show. It's awesome, and so are you both. I'm just listening to It Always Blows. That was an episode that we had. And I thought you might appreciate my dad's favorite thing to say from when I was in high school and university. When I was leaving, he would say, be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. I think it covers a lot. This is when he's not busy quoting various bits from movies, the Windex thing, from my big fat Greek wedding was one for a while. I think that's also interesting because my parents also also quote my big fat Greek wedding That's often weird. include which when I read that I was like what <laughs> um, including the oh oh he no eat meat okay I make lamb oh oh my mom <laughs> thinks it's the funniest thing in the world so I I just want to say Dino that that is something that we have in common I don't understand why my big fat Greek wedding is such a quotable movie in my house. <laughs> I didn't know it was quotable at all. It's, I mean, there's some I've good never, things. Yeah. There's some good things out of it. I've never seen it myself. But. I loved it because it was like a kind of chubby woman that fell in love with a hot guy. So, yeah. of course, I watched the shit out of it. <laughs> of course. But I do love that advice. Be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. That's awesome. That's yeah. such like a perfect snappy dad quote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be good. If you can't be good, be, be careful. careful. And then I just imagine like Dino and her father being like, be careful, saying it at the same time. <laughs> and they're dead. Give it her finger guns. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, gotta do pow, finger pow, guns. Pow. But I really, I, I really do enjoy that. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, as a parent, I hope to one day have good catchphrases. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> I need good catchphrases. <laughs> Whoa, Zooey! Oh no, are you going out in that? <laughs> that or I'm gonna always bring the waza and do it in front of all their friends and like mom I don't that was out of date when you were young nobody knows what that is mom <laughs> shut up hey where's the beef <laughs> where's the cream filling my mom says it every time we get into an inner tube <laughs> Which I think I'm like, are you calling us a bear? Remember the commercial? Yeah. It was like the bear inside of the inner tube and it said, where's the green filling? Yeah. So. Well, you know. Good mom, catchphrase though. Yeah. Great catchphrase. <laughs> I, I had a boss that used to say that to me when I worked at Midtown Comics. He was like, he would just, uh, every time you leave work, he'd always go, hey, be good, be careful. 
That's great. Yeah, no, be good, be safe. Be safe. All right, yeah, be good, be safe. I like that. Good old Rob runs Midtown Comics up in Midtown. Horrible I hope place. it's in Midtown. Horrible place to work. I imagine. They take advantage of their employees. Well, it's also in Midtown. Woof. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. First job here. Well, I mean, right after the sex shop, but that only lasted a day. So oh. I wouldn't necessarily call that a... Thank God. Yeah. There were a lot of people hitting on me that first day. I bet. It man. was weird. They're like, you're not bisexual. I can't believe you're not bisexual. I'm like... Nah. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. They made it sound like I was a bad person. They really did. It was just this. Amy, it was this dude. He's like, yeah, I'm bisexual. I'm like, that's awesome. Awesome. Cool. Cool, cool man. He's like, oh, what about you? Like, Straight. Why do we need to label each other? Is this yeah. like, I mean, is this like a new thing of like it's naming the, each other? It's like, I'm Marcus. I'm also a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a sex shop. So, yeah. I mean, that's, a, I think that's irrelevant. Like if it, if they say like, all right, who's the straight guy? Marcus. Send, this person would be more, most comfortable with the straight Fair guy. Fair enough. Yeah. Or yeah, this person has a straight question. Let's send him over to the straight dude. I'm like, Hello. I'm straight. I'm straight, man. <laughs> uh, but it was fine. I don't know if know. straight man would sing that I'm straight yeah. man. But I'm straight man. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that, <laughs> that works out much better. All right, so our next letter. What are we going to call this guy? Mm, Wogly Carrot. <laughs> that wasn't... I was trying to go no alliteration on that one. Wogly Carrot. <laughs> Uh, Wogly for short. All right, yeah. Well, I don't know. That's Wogs. actually no. That's a racial slur. Is it? Yeah. For what? In uh, in England, that's a racial slur for black people. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. <laughs> all right, Isn't so it? all right, so we'll just scrap the whole thing. Call him carrot. Yeah, carrot. carrot. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It's no, no. It's just the weirdest racial slur. So Wogly is the, is that like similar to the N word here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's short for gollywog. Ugh. Yeah. That that sounds like a silly, silly top hat word. Like, all, whoa, gollywog. All British racial slurs sound silly. Interesting. Yeah, gollywog, packy. Well, packy is understandable. Yeah, that's understandable, but it still doesn't sound that offensive. No, it doesn't. Not. No. I don't know. Maybe it's just, but it's also in what you're raised in, too. I yeah. mean, I don't think every person in the world hears the N-word and thinks it bears the weight that it does here. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. Different strokes, different folks. Different racial slurs for different countries. <laughs> Carrot. <laughs> Carrot. <laughs> All right. First off, I would like to say that I love the show and you're both amazing people and I respect you both so much. Thank you. I'm almost 16 and I don't really know what love is, but I met a girl eight months, months ago and I'm stead, still head over heels for her and it feels somewhat like an addiction. I speak to her every day since we broke up, which I assume they were together yes. at one point, uh, which I know isn't the best idea, but I'm worried about losing her as a friend if I distance myself. She's also been flirting with me as well, saying she loves me when I say I love her, but if I ask her out, she's always saying she doesn't want to hurt me, but now it feels like an excuse. Have you got any tips at all to get out of this mindset and get over her because it's really affecting my everyday life? Thanks so much, and I love you guys. Yeah, it is an excuse. Yeah, and also, I mean, I do want to throw out, first of all, that just because you're almost 16 doesn't... I, I don't think that people should tell young people that they don't know what love is. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I think it means something different for every single person. If you're feeling something for someone and you're not quite sure what it is, 
you're still feeling something. It could be love for you. It's love. Yeah. It, you 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 don't have the perspective of old what older people have. There's fucking you know there's 45 year olds that say they're in love with someone and they don't actually mean it. <laughs> you know I I feel that love is different for every single person and you could be in love with this fucking girl. Yeah. You know I, I mean it's infatuation. It's lust. That it, it's everything that you are hitting the starting point. Of all of those feelings. Figure it out, man. Hell yeah, man. It's definitely infatuation. Yeah. You know, like, you've, you're definitely infatuated with this girl because you, when you get uh, to that age and all of your fucking hormones are running on all their cylinders, uh, then a like becomes an infatuation very fast, very quickly. Did the same thing when I was a kid. I would get so obsessed with girls to a creepy level, like a really weird, creepy, uh, total turnoff mode level. We would start out, the girl would like me, I'd like her, I'd get creepy and obsessed, she wouldn't like me anymore, and I'd say, oh man, I'm such a nice guy though, I'd do anything for her. You're a weirdo, that's a weirdo, you yeah. can't say I'd do anything for her. <laughs> I'd do anything for her, anything No one all. should ever say that about no. anyone. No, it's a bad thing to say. Oh, you'd do anything, you'd fucking rape a child for her? Yeah, it's like, uh, you no. You wouldn't do that. It's you like, I'd take you to the movies though, that means I'm not, you're not going to do everything, anything for her. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do anything for her. And That's, also, girls are creeped out by that. Anyone would be creeped out by that. Yeah, anyone would. And girls are super creeped out by that stuff. And, you know, and you keep telling her that, that you love her. She never says it to you first. You know, you ask her out. She says, oh, I don't want you to get hurt, which is one of the oldest excuses in the book. And it's at this age that, uh, I mean, and these uh, things like I don't want you to get hurt and all of that, they're... They're cliches for a reason because it's like the first thing that you figure out when you start getting to that age, when you are you don't want to just completely come out and hurt someone and say like, hey, listen, I'm not really into you. I'm not really into this. But also you know, it's, it's the first, I'm sorry. No, it's, a, it, it's one of those things that you say when she's just, she's trying to gently let you down. Like she's, she's trying, yeah, I mean, I'm sure she flirts with you because she likes the attention. She flirts with you because it feels good. Flirting is fun. Uh, and she knows that she can flirt with you without any real consequence. And she doesn't really have to follow through with it. Uh, so... I understand that you really love hanging out with her and you really uh, like her as a person, you know, and, you, you know, you, maybe you do love her. You know, it's possible that you do. Uh, but the only way to get it out of your head is to stop hanging out with her and to stop calling her every day and maybe not stop hanging out with her completely, but start distancing yourself. You're going to have to start doing that. Otherwise, it's never going to go away. Also, it won't go away until you both go to college. That's the difference is that love shouldn't be a love a one-way street. And I feel that that's the difference between infatuation and love. When you love someone, they love you back. I feel that love is a mutual thing between two people. And if she did love you back and then that's what your version of love is at 16, then fuck yeah, it's love, man. Like that's what you're into. But being infatuated with someone is different when you don't get it back. And I think that completely what you said, Marcus, and this is something that is going to continue to happen, is that women like it, not just women, I'm sorry. People like it when someone is attracted to them. They love it. And when someone is into them. And she probably doesn't want to 
be held back by one dude. She's playing the field. She's young. She's probably just starting to get into that whole thing of like, man, dudes like me. Mm -hmm. So actually, she seems like a pretty cool girl that at least she's not like, well, I'm going to be with you and then I'm going to fuck all these other guys or I'm going to get attention from all these other guys. But you should distance yourself from her and take a step back. But unfortunately, this is something that's going to continue to happen. It's going to happen over and over, over and, and over and over and, and over again. Because people like it when someone is attracted to them. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we've talked about it before. It's like we've gone on dates with people just because someone's been attracted to us. Not that, that we've been necessarily attracted back mm-hmm. and tried to give it a shot, but that that is a big thing. Yeah. And stepping back from her is definitely the best way to go talking to other girls is the best way to go you know just giving it space and don't tell her you love her anymore because that's giving her a lot of power that she doesn't fucking deserve yeah don't. if she doesn't want to be with you you don't give her that yeah even though I'm sure it feels good to hear her say it too uh, I don't think she means it in the same way that you do you know it's like I think she more you know it, it's she doesn't like she doesn't mean it uh, in the way that say, I mean when I say it to my girlfriend, she means it in the way when I say it to Jackie. Right. You know, it's something. Like, sl- I love you, man. Yeah, I love yeah. you. Like, yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, I love you too. See you later. Like it's that's what we say. That's how you. I think she means it more in that way, which is fine. But yeah, just you just gonna have to let go of it, man. It's also a corner you put someone in, which. I mean, I've definitely been there before when someone says I love you to me and I don't love them back. And I have in the past said I love you back even though I didn't mean it. Yeah, me too. And that's one of the worst things you could do. It's a really bad thing to do. It's it's perpetuating something that it's not there's no reason to perpetuate it. Yeah, but it's the hardest thing. Because what are you gonna go. say? Thank you? Yeah, some people do. Yeah, I'm like know? But I mean, yeah. But what else are you gonna say? Like, what are your what are you say when you when someone tells you that uh, that they love you and you don't love them back, you know, in that romantic way? Then what are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to do? Like, same old cliche, man. I love you, just not the way that you love me. Yeah. If you guys are friends, but you guys seem to be good friends if you're hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, y'all seem to be you know great friends, uh, but. You know, I don't think you're going to lose her as a friend. She's just going to turn into a different type of friend. Which is okay. Totally okay. Because as you grow up, all of your friends and your relationships with people change over time. Mm-hmm. You know, even when when I see a friend that I had in high school that I was so much different then, and when we see each other now, we have a friendship, but it will never be the same friendship that we had all those years ago. No. And it's the same with, which we've talked about before, of when you sleep with a friend, mm-hmm. that that friendship will never be the same as it was before you guys slept together. It's just, you guys have already dated, you've already gone through that different part of a relationship, but now you can just grow into a different kind. And there are some friends that I've had that I have gone on dates with that ended up being some of my closest friends. Yeah. It's just how you deal with it. Yep. Yeah. And right. it seems like you're dealing with it in an adult manner, you just gotta like... Just ease up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just ease up, ease out, back off, uh, and uh, you'll figure it out on the way. And also, it's easy to fall prey to if you start pushing, pulling back a little bit, and she needs that attention Mm -hmm. that she'll come after it and be like, I love you, though. I love you. Understanding what we've said to you 
is that sometimes people just need attention. Yeah. And you have to try and differentiate between that and actual, that she actually cares for you in that way, which is another step you're going to have to get to. Mm -hmm. But just keep in mind that if something like that happens, if you pull away. And if you fall back into it, uh, then that's fine. If you pull away and she comes after you and says like, oh, but I love you. I love you. Like, you know, we'd still, I want you to be back. Uh, And then you fall back into it. That's okay. I understand. I did it too. Because I had a girl. Everyone has, yeah. I, I, did, I had a girl in, in high school that was almost this ex- exact same situation. Uh, and it just kept, th- it kept on going like that for four years where just this back and forth thing and just and nothing really happened. And yeah, I was totally infatuated with this girl. Might even have been in love with her. I don't know. I look back on it now. I think I was just infatuated with her and her huge tits. I think that was a big... <laughs> it's the lust gimme gimmies, you know? Yeah, it's a yeah. gimme 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 gimme. Yeah, it's a lust gimme. I mean, and that's... Uh, that I think that's also a big thing in high school is that uh, infatuation plus lust uh, does equal something that... It's somewhat equal to love, but it's not the same. Yeah, it, it's definitely not the same. There's there's something different, there's something unquantifiable about love. But lust and infatuation, that's uh, that's pretty common. And then uh, you like look at Tim Riggins and Lila's <laughs> relationship, and you know they were really young too. Yeah, but they did love each other. Yes, they for a time. <laughs> for one magical summer. Oh my god, <laughs> that fucking summer. I never had that summer, Marcus. I didn't really either. I lived through it in fucking Friday Night Lights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the only summer I had was being infatuated with the girl in the spring. And then she broke my heart, stood me up for prom. Oh. And then I was just depressed all summer long. Oh. I was depressed for like three months. That's not a summer of love. It was a horrible summer. <laughs> I just moved away from home. I like 17. I moved away from home. Uh, for a while, more construction was sad and mopey, and uh, so you never had a summer love either. <sighs> no, wow, not in high school at least. Just in life though, have you ever had like a summer love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a summer love. Yeah, wow. yeah. Ashley. Wow. Yeah, we were we were real tight for a time. <laughs> this makes me think of Grease, man. I used to watch Grease, and I was like, I just want someone that's going to come into my life for a few months and then go away forever. Yep. Because that was a young way to think, because I thought that that's, you know, that would be fun. Oh, yeah. A jaunt in the hay, if you will. And that's what it was with Ashley. And it was uh, it was beautiful. Magical. For a time. For a time. Yep. Fleeting. Just <laughs> Fleeting relationships. Uh, yes. Driving around Lubbock together, putting up Jucifer flyers. Ew, what's that? <laughs> Jucifer, great band. Oh, okay. Jucifer, yeah. okay. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. <laughs> Take my word for it. Oh, oh I will. You Marcus. probably wouldn't enjoy I'm Jucifer. sure I would not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our last letter for the day. What we're going to call this dude. Oh, um. Shitty. Shitty. <laughs> I'm going to call him shitty shitty. (laughs) You can't call our listeners shitty shitty. Okay, uh, Slat Stanley. Slat Stanley. All right. Much better. Fucking monster. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Marcus and Jackie. My name is... 
Slat Stanley. Slat Stanley, and I live in Newcastle, Australia. About a year ago, I became very depressed because my grandfather had recently died of liver cancer. I felt so alone because he was the only person who truly understood me. Then about a month after, my close friend died in a car crash. I had no idea what to do, and I became extremely depressed and even started cutting myself. This was... I had tried to talk to my parents, but they just kept saying, you'll get over it. After months of feeling this way, one of my teachers noticed that I wasn't participating in class and my grades were lowering dramatically. She said that I should see the counselor because it might help me cope with it. I went and saw the counselor and he helped me a lot more than I expected. I still have problems with depression today, but I've stopped cutting and the bad thoughts are never as bad as before I saw him. However, the recent budget cuts to schools in Australia means that my school has to lose the school counselors. I don't know what to do because my parents don't know that I see the counselor and I don't know how to ask them to see one outside of school. Thanks for reading. Slap Stanley. First of all, good for fucking you. This is great. You, that is amazing. You fucking took care of business. You're taking care of yourself. That is fucking awesome. And you can't lose this momentum now. What my main thing is when I read this, I originally thought that I think that you should keep in contact with the counselor. If the counselor, if the budget cut was, if the budget was cut, either he's they're going to go to another school. But I guess if all the schools are damaged because of this, if they're going to start seeking outside counseling and doing other things, I am sure that they would be completely down to meet with you. Yeah, or at least email correspondence. Or email correspondence. Because, you know, it's very possible that he could move very far away. Right. Just tell him, you've helped me out more than I can say over these last few months or year or however long it's been, and I'm still going to need someone to talk to. Can I still stay in contact with you? And if not, maybe they can recommend someone that is close by that you would be able to do this I do recommend trying to talk to your parents again, though, on yeah. top of this. I think that you have come, come so far from where you were and that if you talk, if you sat down and talked to your parents about all of this, about everything that's happening, that a teacher noticed that you weren't doing so well in school, that they would actually listen to you this yeah. time. And if you told them about everything that had been going on, you know, I'm sure you probably didn't tell them about the cutting. You know, I'm sure you didn't tell them about... Um, I mean, you may not even have told him the details of the car crash, how close of a friend he was. You may not have, you may have just told him like, hey, mom and dad, I'm feeling really sad. Can I go see someone? And they're just like, ah, you'll get over it. You're fine. You're a kid. Uh, It could also be that your parents are pricks. We don't know. You know, it could be that they're hands off, extremely hands off with you. Uh, But it could also be that they just don't understand. And that's probably the more logical explanation. That's probably the most reasonable explanation for is that they just don't understand. And as we've said before, sometimes parents have a hard time understanding or accepting that there's something wrong with their children mentally. Uh, And it doesn't, thankfully, this doesn't sound like, and again, not a professional, not a doctor here. I'm not giving you a diagnosis and I'm not telling you what you should think or take to a doctor or take to a professional. If a professional tells you something different, listen to them. But it doesn't sound like this is a clinical depression. This sounds like a temporary depression. This sounds like something you're going through a fucking awful time. You're going through grief. That's where you are. You're grieving right now. You're grieving for your grandfather. You're grieving for your friend. Uh, And this is something that you can get through. And once you get through it, when you look back on it, 
uh, in, you know, even two, three, four years from now, you're going to look back on it and you're going to say, you know what? That sucked. It was fucking awful, but I'm a stronger person for getting through it. Well, even right now, you can look back on just the past few months and realize how much stronger that you've gotten. Yeah. By starting to take care of yourself and taking matters into your own hands, which can change your outlook on life. Yeah. It can change everything. If you start working on things for yourself, taking care of you, it changes everything. Yeah. And it could be that you may... It could be that you may not even need a counselor anymore. It could be that you've got the skills now that he's taught you enough uh, and you've talked about it enough where you could... Journal. Journal, yeah. Definitely journal. Absolutely journal. You might be able to handle this on your own now. You might be strong enough to handle this on your own. You're the person that gets to decide whether you are strong enough for that or not. Uh, You're the person that uh, has to keep an eye on that uh, if it turns out that you don't have the the skills yet and the tools yet to handle it on your own, then yes, absolutely talk to somebody. Absolutely tell somebody. Uh, but make sure, you know, like Jackie said, talk to the counselor uh, and be sure to ask him very explicitly, like, okay, I might have to do this on my own now. You know, if, you know, it's possible that, you know, he might be able, he might move somewhere else uh, and he may not be able to stay in contact with you. That just happens sometimes. That's just part of being an adult, you know, sometimes you, you don't have enough time to do everything that you want to do. And sometimes you're not able to be there for everybody that, uh, you want to be there for. And, you know, sometimes in life, whether you're a kid or whether you're an adult, sometimes the people that you really want to be there for you, sometimes they're just not going to be there. I mean, that's a fucking, that's a horrible fact of life, but it's something that we have to face and something that we have to prepare for. Uh, So ask him, what can I do to continue this growth that I've gained? How can I keep stable? How can I keep from cutting myself? What sorts of things should I do? You know, you can go, like we said before, you can go online. You can find groups for, you know, teens dealing with grief. Uh, dealing with cutting, talk to other people about it. You know, the online psychology places. You could there are a ton of there are a lot of places where you can talk to people about this. And it seems like what has helped you most is just talking to somebody about this. Uh, and I don't know, Jackie. Maybe you disagree with me on, on this one, but I think that you should before you go to your back to your parents with this. Uh, I think you should try handling it on your own. I think so too. I think that, you know, you are, you're so strong. You are so able to do this. God, yes. And, and before going to them, especially if you're worried about talking to them about these kind of things, just try taking care of it. Yeah. You're not doing anything that's wrong. You're not, you're just taking care of yourself. I would even go as far to say that if you trust your principal or vice principal to go in and talk to them as well. Or the teacher that sent you to the counselor yes, in the first place. Definitely. I mean, you there know? are, I feel that you are old. I don't know how exactly how old you are, but it seems that you are old enough that you can talk to other adults besides your parents. Not that you should keep anything from your parents. No, of this is not. not you're not keep, like this isn't like a, a hidden bad secret at all. No. If they don't understand, they don't understand and it, sometimes you just got to take care of yourself. You know the moment that <laughs> the moment that a knife goes back to your skin, get help. Yes. Immediately. That's the moment when you get to that point if you, if you, if I'm not saying when at all. If you get back to that point, 
that's when you know you have to get help. That's not something that immediately. You need to f- immediately. That's not something you need to face on your own. Uh, that's not something that a lot of people can face on their own. That's something you need to get help with. Uh, but until that point comes, remember that you're strong as fuck. You've got a lot going for you. And try. You can do it. Try as hard as you fucking can. And you can do it. Absolutely. Oh, well, I guess that's where we're going to end for this week. If you, have, if you have any questions out there for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com, and we'll get to you as soon as we possibly can. And we'll see you all next week. Bye.